Okay, let's begin. Parshas Bamidbar and Chag HaShavuos. Hopefully we'll uh, be relating to also Avalein Latova, Tavshin Ayin Ches. And uh, we start a new Sefer. And just uh, we'll start a little bit with Shruis and we'll end a little bit with Shruis. But as we will see throughout the Parsha, it's no coincidence that, you know, Shavuos is uh, usually preceded by uh, Parshas by Midbar, and um, the, th- some of the thoughts from Sefer by Midbar relates to Shavuos as well. Just a, just a quick, uh, we might have mentioned this in years past, a little Derek Halotza, different Derek Melitza from the, the Chedushi Harim. When the Chedushi Harim was a little boy, he quoted here in the Elohim Moadai, source number one does not say how old, but it says that he was young, Rach Bishanim, they realized that he was going to be, he was going to be great, right? He was the first Gera Rebbe. Matmid v'charifaya v'lamdani iro, v'lamdani iro avumo'od l'shtashiyah imobolima. They loved talking to him and learning. Amar nali shal pam echad. One of the Tamei Chacham asked him, why by Matan Torah does it say v'chal ha'am ro'em asakolos? They saw the voices. V'chilo dai hayam yishmu asakolos. What do you have to see the voice, see the voices? What do you have to see them for? So again, there's a lot of pshatim, what the messages are. Without waiting, what did he say? Said Rabbi Yitzchak Meir HaKatan, right, Rim, Yitzchak Meir HaKatan, Lo dai b'shmiya, sometimes it's not enough just to hear, you have to see it. Shachenim lo hayerom, that's if they didn't hear, they would hear from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, lo tignov. Is that with a vav, is that with an aleph? That with an aleph, lo tignov? To him? No, no, no. Roim esakolos. Sometimes you have to see it. You don't want to have any misconceptions or misconstrue or misunderstandings. Roem asakolos, said the Chedushi Arim. So therefore everybody realizes exactly what is expected of, of them. Lo tignov with an alf. Good. Okay, now let's get into, we'll get back to Shavuot's show a little bit later. Let's get to the beginning of the Parsha. A thought that Rav Hirsch puts the entire Sefer by Midbar into perspective. Because if you think about it, and we might not have thought about it in this way. But Midbar, we're back to stories. Bracious and Shmos are stories. But Midbar stories, Vayikra and Dvarim are halachos. So what's the message? What's the message, says the first? Says the first, Bracious and Shmos, as we know, was leading up. That was the creation of Am Yisrael. That was the creation of individuals to a family, to a nation. And finally, the goal, Parshas Pekudeh, at the end of Sefer Shmos, is Hashras Hashchin in the Mishkan. That was Breshas and Shmos. What's Vayikra? Taking that Makom Kadosh that we have created and radiating out. What is expected of us in terms of Kedusha in our lives? That's Vayikra. First talking about Kedusha within the confines of the Beis HaMikdash, Karbanos, Vayikra Tzav, and then Kedusha in our homes, what we eat, Shmini. And then Kedusha in our fa- uh, family lives, right? Tazria, Mitzora, Achreimah's Kedusha, Kedusha in your neighborhoods. That's the Sefer of Kedusha. That's what Vayikra comes. After we have the Makam Kadosh, we have to know what the ideals are that flow from that Makam Kadosh. Says Rav Hirsch, source number two. The whole of the third book was devoted to the demands which that sanctuary made to the whole life of Israel. It demanded symbolic expression by the sacrifices, sanctification of the whole mode of living. Thereby the idea was shown which was to be realized by the public and private life of every individual. Kedusha, it's all about Kedusha. Right, Kedusha of holidays, right, Kedusha Sazman, Kedusha Samakom, Kedusha in every area, even Kedusha in our, our fields, Shemitah, 
right? As we had in Parshas Bahar, well, I could create Kedusha, Nidarim, Charamim, the whole Sefer is about Kedusha, but the, where does it flow from? Flow from. It flows from the fact that we now have built a Makom Kadosh, and now Hashem gives us the ideals of what the, how the Kedusha should be manifest, and where we should see the Kedusha throughout our lives. That's Vayikra. These are the ideals. This is what I want you to do. You know what Bamidbar is? Bamidbar is real life. Bamidbar is like, okay, let's take all those ideals and see how it works in real life. And there are ups and downs. Right? Bamidbar has a lot of, right, explicitly, we have a lot of downs. But we have to know that all the times that we didn't have those events, it was all ups. We were living off of the uh, Mun and the Be'er, right, for 38 years. Right, uh, there, were, there was there was nothing, meaning there was nothing, no major sins, no major mess-ups. But Bamidbar takes Vayikra and puts it into everyday life. And it's not always, and Moshe Rabbeinu hits the rock, right? And there's uh, and there's the story of Pinchas and Balak. It, it's it's real life stories post Kabbalah Satorah. Because we have to learn from the first generation that received the Torah about life. And that's what Rav Hirsch says. That's Bamidbar taking Vayikra and putting it, taking the mitzvos. Now this fourth book comes back to stark reality and shows us the actual relationship between the actual nation and this ideal of their calling shown in the third book. Right, Vayikra was Kedusha, how it's supposed to be. The Chulu, it exists in this universal calling of its members, the individuals, each one of them. Actually, we'll get to, uh, we'll get to that. But either way, this is what Bamidbar is about. Maybe one could suggest, he doesn't go this way, we'll get to the last paragraph of his in a minute, but maybe that's also a connection to Chag Hashvuz. Now why Dafka Sefer Bamidbar starts, even in a leap year, we've just started Bamidbar, you know, right before Shvuz. Even if you want to say sometimes Nasso is right before. But basically, Bamidbar always starts, and then Shvuz comes. Because Bamidbar is about not just learning Torah, that's Vayikra, but a living Torah. It's about people's lives. And that, as we know, is what we celebrate on Shavuos. I didn't give it to you again because I've given it, I've given it uh, many times. But that's the Gemara in Shabbos. Right? We know the Gemara in Shabbos, Peches. Moshe Rabbeinu bargaining with HaKadosh Baruch. Not bargaining, but just like defending, you know, the Torah going down to B'nai Yisrael. B'shash ala Moshe Lamarom, the Gemara says again. Amr Malachi Yisrael of HaKadosh Baruch the Malachim say. What is he doing here? Malu Yudlidisha B'neinu. Amar Lehem Hashem says, He's here to accept the to- take the Torah. The Malachim say, No, we want the Torah. And Hashem says, Moshe, you answer. You answer, hold on to my Kisi covered. don't be scared. And we know the story that Moshe Rabbeinu answers going through each of the Aser- almost each of the Aseris Adibros. Did you go out of Mitzrayim? Mitzrayim, you're rather Tim. Leparu ish bada Tim. Torah lama tehelochem. So what is it for you? Shuv maksibe. Lo yelocha lohem achirim. Bain amim atem shruyim sheovdim avodes et gilulim. Right, you, you're, you have other gods up there. Shuv maksibe. Zachar siyom shabbos lekad show. Klumata osim malacha. Shatat tzrichim shvos. Michal, you had a tough week. Right, Gabriel. Right, a lot, a lot to do. So what's so? Shuv maksibe. Lo sisa. Shuv maksibe. Kabbalah zvich lesimecha. And as we know, the Malachim Ramodeb uh, to Moshe Rabbeinu. And the famous question that's asked is, what was the Havamina? What did Moshe teach the Malachim? The Malachim wanted the Torah. So what did Moshe do? He told them the Torah. So what was he machadish to them? 
So one of the more popular answers is Moshe was telling them it's not just about learning Torah. What the Malachim want? They wanted to keep the Torah in Shemayim to be able to learn it. Right? That the Torah existed before the world was created. Right? Two places in Shas. We have a list of the seven items that were created before the world was created. One of them being Torah. It's Takal Baraisa Ubara Alma, the Zohar says in Parsha's Truma. So the Malachim wanted that. And what did Moshe Rabbeinu say? Learning Torah has no basis if you don't have living Torah. Living Torah. Learning and living. Kodesh Baruch Hu's goal of, of the universe is not for the Malachim to learn Torah. It's for people to learn Torah. But people who live Torah learn Torah. And that's exactly what Sefer Bamidbar is, according to Rav Hirsch. It's taking the ideals and what we've learned in Vayikra and the Kedusha goals and putting it into people's lives. We don't always succeed. Right? Read Baloscha, Shlach, Korach, Chukas, Boak, Pinchas, Every parsha, there's a chait. But we're humans. We're humans. And, you know, that we learn from mistakes. And that's maybe why, another reason why. And that also, this one we haven't done in a, in a little while, so this one I gave you, in, Sha, in Psachim Samaches, source number three. Another Gemara which reflects the same idea. Any of these Gemaras are, are uh, you know, this year in Chutzlaretz, you have three days. Here we have two, in Eretz Yisrael, we have two days, a lot of meals to, for Divrei Torah. Baruch Hashem. Uh, but the Gemara there in Sachim, as we know, has the famous machlokas between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua about chati l'ashem v'chati l'achem, or not. Right? Rabbi Eliezer says, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't give you the machlokas above. Machlokas tanoim, whether Yantav is celebrated with extremes, right? You could either do kulo l'achem, enjoy, spend your whole day eating and drinking and sleeping, or kulo l'ashem, spend your whole day fasting, but learning and davening. Or do you say split it? Chatzil l'ashem v'chatzil l'achem. As, as, uh, is the two shittas in the Tanoim. But the Gemara says there are three exceptions to the rule. Three exceptions to the rule when everybody agrees you cannot fast all day. You have to eat. You have to have physical enjoyment. So two of the three of them are somewhat understandable. Right? The first one, I'm sorry, the first one is the one we're going to talk about. The second one, Amaraba, third line. Hakomo de b'shabes, tibinanami l'achem. You can't have kulo l'ashem, on Shabbos, my time, oh, you have to have food on Shabbos, because Yeshayahu Navi tells us the idea of Onig Shabbos. So, Shabbos is an exception. There's no machlokas. Amr of Yosef, ha'komodim, Purim, to be the nami lachem. Purim also? Purim, you can't have kulo lashem because of the mitzvah of Yemei Mishtev, Simchiksiv. What's the first one? Atzeres, which is what Chazal called Shvuis. Right, not for now. Remember the Ramban and Pasha's MR. Why did Chazal Dafka do that to make us confusing for us? The Torah calls Atzeres Shmini Atzeres, and Chazal called Shuas Atzeres. No, obviously not. Obviously there's a connection between them. The Ramban discusses. But, the Rebel Lazar says, everybody agrees, everybody agrees that Shuas, you have to, you have to eat also. You have to enjoy yourself. My Taima, why? Yom Shenitna Botorah, who? The day that the Torah was given. Right? And the obvious question is, the day that the Torah was given, that's when we have to have a Suda? No, that's when it should be. You can learn it all the time. It should be just the opposite. Everybody agrees that day you could fast and just learn the whole time. So I didn't give you the Rashi, but Rashi says no. And the Mepharshim explained it also because we're showing Hashem that we're happy with it. But more than that, the Mepharshim explained. 
We're, we're celebrating Shavuos, like that Gemara and Shabbos. It's not about learning, it's about living. Shavuos celebrates that Torah was given to human beings. And we live Torah, and we live to a higher standard, and we have mitzvahs that we do. That's why I call it We dafka eat, we do something physical to show that the Torah is ours and not belonging to the Malachim. And that is the, that is the, um, message of, of, uh, Vakamara. Also, you could say the, the, uh, the end, Rav Yosef, at the end, we're not gonna get into this too much now, Rav Yosef, Yamadatsarta, Amar Avli Igla Tilta, Rav Yosef, one of the great Amaroim, he used to eat a lot on Shavuos. Amar, Hilava Yoma de Kagarim, Kama Yosef Ikabashuka. Or not for that day Shavuos, I'd literally be another Joe in the street. Right? Rav Yosef, Joe. Right? So that's the, I leave it because this is the day in the street. Because Torah is in the street. Torah is everywhere. And that's the message of Shavuos. And maybe that's the message, says Rav Hirsch, of Sefer Bamidbar. And where its placement is in the Torah. Good. There's one other point that Rav Hirsch notes, just to mention, going back to the Rav Hirsch in source number two. He mentions that, as we know, Bamidbar starts off with a counting. Right, by midbar is called in English numbers. Right, that's the uh, fancy fancy name for it, numbers, because it's all about numbers and countings. By count each person. And refers says connected to his first point, we count because when you count, everyone counts, and that's what by midbar wants to start off with also. It's about life. It's about putting the Torah into real life. But Hashem has a focus and a connection and a relationship to each and every one. And that's when everyone is counted. Counted makes a unit, yes, but every person makes a difference. And he even connects that. Fascinating. What was the last mitzvah in Sefer Vayikra? Meiser Behema. Count out each sheep. Count out each sheep. So Vayikra ends with counting... But there, interestingly, maybe not everyone counts, only the tenth one. You have to count them out, but the tenth one has Kedusha. Right, maybe like the Rishonim say, the Sefer Chinuch in Parshat Tazriya, animals have Ashkacha Chlalis, people have Ashkacha Pratis. But when it comes to people, maybe it's the contrast. There, you know, every one, every ten is Kadosh. When it comes to Am Yisrael, everyone, the whole Eda, they're all Kadosh. In this universal calling of its members, each one of them is reckoned as a not unimportant member of that nation, and that the nation mission reckons on the faithfulness to duty, etc. And they quote, the third book ends with instructions for Meister Behema. The fourth book begins with the orders to count the nation. We are God's sheep, and he is our shepherd. And here too, each one passes singly under, he compares the two. But I'm just adding, maybe it's a little, even the contrast. And know that he gets counted as an independent member of his flock. Okay, that's of Hirsch. A strong way to start Sefer Bamidbar. We continue. The first Pasik says, Hashem Moshe ben Mar Sinai. Hashem says to Moshe in the Midbar, in the Mishkan, on the first day of the second month, in the second year. As we know, this is the one time in the entire Torah that everybody, all Rishonim, have to agree, there are other places where there's a machlokas. Kain and Hevel, right? Was that in Gan Eden or outside of Gan Eden? The first parsha of the Torah, there's a machlokas Rishonim. You know, how exactly it happened, right? Uh, the Mishkan and the uh, Chet Egel, 
Rashi Ramban. There are many machlokos because there's no dates given. But here, there are dates given. So in Parak Aleph of Bamidbar and in Parak Tess of Bamidbar, Parak Tess has an earlier date than Parak Aleph. So obviously, you can't get out of that. Even the Ramban has to agree. Ein muktam umu'uchar batorah. But let's focus on the earlier word. Hashem says to Moshe in the Midbar. In the Midbar. So there's a thought that we mentioned, I think nine years ago or so, but we're going to add on to it this year. And that is a thought from Rameer Shapiro. On the Medrash at the beginning of the Parsha. The Medrash tells us, and as we see, as we go through, we're just doing Psukim and Parshas Bamidbar, but it just segues and is, is related to Shavuos. It's just the way it is. So the Medrash says, The Torah was given in three ways, avenues, mechanisms, Be'esh, Bamayim, Ubamidbar. Fire, water, and desert. Our Pasuk is desert. But fire and water also. What does that mean? What's the Medrash? So we're going to have two ideas. One from Rameer Shapiro that we saw before, and then we'll have a new one. It says Rameer Shapiro, source number four. Hakav ha'ofyani shalam Yisrael huzeh. What typifies, what is the, is the um, siman of a Jew? Shemiyom heyoto la'am gilat tamid misiris nefesh ba'at tarasu ve'munaso. What does it mean, three things the Torah was given? There are three events of history that typify our Mesiris Nefesh and our Mesiris Nefesh for Torah. The Torah was given based on the fact that Am Yisrael have these three ways that they're always Mesiris Nefesh. Three, three points in history. B'nai Yisrael We went and instead of bowing to other religions, we gave our necks. We jumped to the water, we jumped to the fire and we gave our lives. If it was a choice, giving up the Torah, we did not choose that. First, Avram Avinu will get us started. Fire. The first Jew is Moser, literally his nefesh for Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Ba'ad for the pure emunah, adam. He was monotheist. Everybody thought he was crazy, but he was doing it, and he believed it so much he was ready to be, give his life for it. And with that, he put it into the DNA of his children to be able to be Moser Nefesh. Like the thought that we've mentioned many times in the past of the Ruach Chaim in Perki Avos from Chaim Ibalajan. Am Ravinu put, into, put it into the DNA. That's why he says, Asara Nisyonus Avram Avinu. Because he put it into our DNA in order to pass our tests parallel to Avraham's. So number one was fire. Kivshana Eish. Number two was. Mayim. And if you want to say it's only a yachid, the second ma'ora of kriyas yamsuf comes, because that was the entire nation following, not knowing what was going to be. Hashem says, Vayiso, so Vayiso, and we go in, we don't know if the water is going to fall on us again while we're in the middle. But we go in. Mysterious nefesh of water. And then, finally, If you think that it's only a person can have mysterious nefesh for a moment. No, no, no. It's not just a nation. It's not just a moment. 
The third event, Kasher B'nei Yisrael Midbar Shmama, we go out trusting Hashem without taking any snacks, without knowing what we're going to do, in a place of rose, of an achashim akrabim, the low mazon umayim, how long? We don't know. So it's not just one moment of Mesir Snefesh. It's every day of Mesir Snefesh. Every day not knowing if we're going to get food the next day. As Yermio describes in the beginning of his Sefer, right? Hashem loves us for the Midbar. And these three, says Rav, says Rav Meir Shapiro, maybe that's the Nitzna Torah. The Torah is given to people who are Moser Nefesh through fire, through water, and through desert. Right? That's the Mesiris Nefesh that Klai Yisrael has given throughout the ages for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's what Rahman al-Islan we continue to give for, for him as well. Amazing. One idea about Mayim, Eish Mayim, and Midbar. But there's another idea. Another idea quoted here in a, in a contemporary Sefer, Likud Minchas Ariel. So he quotes there the same Medrash, and he connects it to a Gra. Connects it to a Vilnagon. The Gra explains the, again, we're doing Baruch Hashem, a lot of famous Gemaras, uh, before the week before Shuas, obviously, by the Shabbos Teches, and, and, um, the, uh, Psachim Samaches, and here we're doing, Bavmetziya Nuntes. Tanur Shalachnai. Right? The Machlokes between Rabbi Eliezer and the other Chachamim, about a detail about a barrel, whether it's Tamei or Tahar, and Rabbi Eliezer held Tahar, and the Chachamim said Tamei, and Rabbi Eliezer is trying to prove that he is right. And as we know, Rabbi Eliezer tried three things. Right? He summarizes the Gemara here. Three things. The first, what do he say? Line 11, Amar Lahem, Imalacha Kamosi, Charuv Yochiach. If I'm right, this carob tree will show that I am right. And what happened? The carob tree gets uprooted and flies in the air and goes and is replanted somewhere else. Wow. Miracle. Amrulo, they said, Amy V.M. Ryan and Acharov. That's a great show, but we're not changing our minds. Don't bring many rias from carob trees. Chazar va'amar lahem. Imhalacha kamosi amas hamayim yochichu. Then what happened? He made water flow upstream. The aqueduct of water that was near them, the ama, why was it called an ama? Right, because we know the, mish, the first Mishnah in Moikatan, right, was an ama, because it's an ama deep and an ama wide, and that was the measurements of the pipes of water that they used to have. An ama, that's why it's called an ama. Um, that's why also they say from the, uh, the elbow to the finger, ama, also, um, the name is given based on the measurements. But he says, starts flowing upstream. Sorry. Again, great, great trick. Great, great feat. But uh, we're not changing our mind. And finally, as we know, the walls of the base measure should prove that I'm right and they start falling in. And Garbahem, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua grailed at them and they stood there um, half falling. They didn't go up. For the covet of Rebbe Eliezer, they didn't go down for the covet of Rebbe Yoshua. And Rebbe Yoshua said, Don't get involved in a machlokas that's not yours. And finally he said, you know what? From Shemayim it'll prove that I'm right. And Abbasco goes out, halacha to Rebbe Eliezer. And Rebbe Yeshua says, Lo Okay. The question that many ask and the Gra asked is, 
Once the first one didn't work, why'd he try more? Right? Once he said the carob tree, he already did a miracle. Okay, maybe the baskol. He could have skipped to the baskol. But why the carob and the water and the walls? So it was all miraculous. What do you need all three for? So explains the Grah in Kol Again, all of the Svarim of the Grah, Kim'at, are from the Talmidim, put together. So the Grah in the Kol he quotes it here, says that these three aren't just three haphazard miracles that he could that he practiced doing. These three symbolize what he's trying to give over by saying there are three major ingredients to be Kona Torah. Three major ingredients that one has to have and shoot for it to be Kona Torah. And what Rabbi Eliezer was saying was that not Altsgaiva, but Alts, I want you to go because I think my, my halach is right. I've, do, I've done these three. What are these three? Histapkus, Anava, and Shkida Rabba. What are those? Turning over. Histapkus, Histapkus, being happy with a little. Being mistapik. Right? Not, not, uh, being involved in so many worldly pleasures. As the Mishnah says in Pirkei Avos on top, Kach Darka Shal Torah, Paspa Melach Tochal, be ready to eat salt and bread, Ubaim Bemsura Tishta, and just measured water, Val Haaretz Tishan, and sleep on the floor, Vachaitz Artichia, live a life of pain, Ubatarata Amel. Right, that's it, right, the Histavkus. So what was he saying? The Charuv. What's the Charuv? The Charuv is the symbol throughout Shas. Of basic necessities, right? What was the tree that Hashem made grow outside of Shem Yachai's cave? It was the Charuv tree, because that's basic necessities. What did Rabbi uh, uh, Rabbi Dosa say, right, in that uh, in the Gemara in in Tainus over there? Right, Chanina Dilo Bakav Charuv and Erev Shabbos Lar Shabbos, right? Just a little carob. Carob symbolizes like basic necessities. What you, what you need to live. So Rabbi Lazar was saying. You know, the charuv. I, I, I've been mist, mist, I've excelled in the midah of histapkus. And Rabbi Shua says, I don't care. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't judge based on a bat. Great. That was number one. Number two, water. As we know, Chazal tell us, water is midas anava, humility. Water always flows down, right? Kavosh Darsha Chazal on the pasuk midbar matana. Just like water goes down after every Torah. I think we spoke a little bit about this um, a few months ago in the Dafyomi in Mesechus Harios also, where the Gemara tells us in Harios that the kings are always anointed at a water source, at a Mayan. Various reasons. The Gemara says so. Their malchus would be nimshach for a for a, for a long time. But also, one might say because water symbolizes anava, and we want to make sure the king who could uh, maybe the most prone of v'ramla v'avecha, you know, he also has to remember uh, anava. But anyway, water symbolizes anava. So that's why Reb says water, and they say to him, But that's number two, siman of a Kenyan in Torah. And finally, number three, the Midah of Shkida, which would best be translated as um, uh, having a Melus in Torah, diligence. Diligence in Torah. Diligence. Shkida. I remember in my uh, elementary school, there was the Shkida Award. Right? The, uh, the diligence with the most. You don't have to get the highest on the test. The Shkida. The Amelus. So Shkida. So what is that? The Kosley Beis Medrash. The walls of the Beis Medrash. 
Right? That's, they were the ones that are made on my shkita, on my, on my uh, diligence and on my amelus. And that's what he says, that should prove. And again, Rabbi Yeshua says, uh, we don't bring rayas, we don't paskin based on miracles, and we're very happy and you're amazing, Rabbi Eliezer. But that's not how we, uh, decide halacha. So those are the three. So now, the Minchas Ariel puts together, maybe that grah could connect to our medrash. When the medrash says, the Torah is nicknames, Eish, Mayim, and Midbar. So Midbar is his histafkos. Right? Midbar, there's nothing there. Right? Midbar can be that. And Mayim is Mayim. Right? Mayim is Mayim. Right? That's the uh, Anava. And Eish, the fire of Shkita, the fire of always being on fire and always pushing and always wanting to learn. So those three, Kinyanim, the Pshat of the Grah, in the Gemara, maybe that's also uh, the pshat or a deeper level of the drash of uh, of the Medrash, the beginning of our parsha. Okay, moving right along. Parakimel. Parakimel of Bamidbar starts Shevet Levi. Ve'ela toldos Aaron and Moshe. These are the toldos. These are the generations of Aaron and Moshe. Biyom diber Hashem es Moshe b'har Sinai. On the day that Hashem spoke to Moshe at Har Sinai. These are the Toldos of Aaron and Moshe. The Elish Mos B'nai Aaron. And these are the names of the sons of Aaron. Habachar Nadav Aviyu, Elazar Samar. The Elish Mos B'nai Aaron, Hakonam Shuchim. Nadav and Aviyu, they died. And then Hashem says to Moshe, Hakrevis Matelevi, etc. So we have this little section, Pasuk Allah through Dalit, that we're supposed to have, one of the titles, Toldos Aaron U Moshe. We're supposed to have the Toldos of Aaron and Moshe. And yet, what do we have? We only have the Toldos of Aaron. Moshe's aren't listed. And a number of times throughout the Torah, when Shevet Levi is listed, we go through Aaron's family and not Moshe's. Gershom and Eliezer are not there. Says Rev Salvechik, what is this alluding to? This is alluding and teaching us something so beautiful and yet so tragic at the same time. I think we mentioned this once before in a different shear, but it's in the Mesorah Sarav Chumash right here. It says Rav Solveitchik in his unbelievably creative, masterful genius. We are all acquainted with the Akedah that Avraham performed, but we do not pay sufficient attention to an Akedah that was carried out by Moshe. Moshe's Akedah was perhaps more awesome and terrifying than Avraham's. After Avraham put Yitzchak on the Mizbeach, the Malach says, take him home. Avraham didn't have to go through with it. Moshe never experienced this satisfaction. In his case, the Rabboni Shalom requested and received his sacrifice. What does that mean? What are you talking about? Moshe didn't have to kill his children. What does that mean? Let's think about it, says Rev Salvechik. The simple right to leave a last will and testament, to die in one's own bed, surrounded by his children, was denied to Moshe. When Aaron died, Moshe was there. His children just got instructed. It was the way anybody would want to die. You know, he knew. He left his legacy. He was surrounded by loved ones. What happened to Moshe? He died alone on a mountaintop. Yes, HaKadosh Baruch Hu buried him. That's true. The only one to merit that. But before he died, he did not connect to his own children even. Right? Remember, there's even a medrash 
Maybe my children know Yoshua bin Nun. More tragic still, and here is where our parsha comes in, line four, line eleven, was the fact that Moshe's children do not appear in the book of Jewish genealogy. Moshe twice counted the Jews and also counted the tribe of Levi. And initially, the Torah states, as we just read, these are the totals of Aaron and Moshe. And yet, the subsequent psukim ignore Moshe's entirely and center around Aaron alone. Where are Moshe's children? And we know Moshe had two children. Look down. Of course, he loved them both, the same way Avram loved Yitzchak. The Creator asked both Avram and Moshe to give up their children, to sacrifice them on the altar, on the Mizbeach. Avraham, it was going to be a physical sacrifice. Moshe's, we might call it a social sacrifice. Moshe, you are going to be the Nosein HaTorah. The Nosein HaTorah, uniquely in the history of the world, there's no other human being like this, not one. No other human being like this needs to be separated from his family. Why? Skip for a moment. Skip for a moment to what he says on the top of the next page. For the receiver of the Torah, for the teacher of Klal Yisrael, it is prohibited to have a connection to one's family. He is the father of Israel. Every Jew has an equal share in him. Zichru Torah's Moshe Avdi. Every Jew is connected to Moshe Rabbeinu. He is Rabbeinu to all. It is prohibited for one individual to have a closer relationship than anyone else. Only Moshe. Remember, this does not apply to the greatest Godlador in the world. His children are his responsibility. He has to. Says Rav Salvechik, Moshe Rabbeinu, just like he had to leave his wife. We focus on the wife. We don't focus on the kids. And that's what the Rav says now, back, back on the bottom of the previous page. Unlike Avraham, no angel called to Moshe. Do not stretch forth your hand to the lad. The knife mercilessly tore apart the relationship between Moshe, Gershom, and Eliezer. And even in Shoftim, right, when it doesn't say Moshe, it says Menashe. The Gemara talks about this, but it doesn't even connect them in the text to their father. Because that's what's needed for the Nosein HaTorah. So it's tragic and beautiful at the same time. It's tragic personally for Moshe. But it's beautiful in that we recognize who Moshe Rabbeinu was and what HaKadosh Baruch Hu needed him to do. And he says, maybe it's all alluded to in the first conversation that Moshe ever had with Hashem. Maybe in the first conversation. What is the first thing that Hashem ever said to Moshe? Right, there's a burning bush. Moshe turns to see what's going on. What does Hashem say? Shalna lecha me'araglecha. You need to take off your shoes. Shoes represent the connection that we have to the grounds. Right? That's what makes us able to walk on the grounds. Take off your shoes. Okay, in a sense that, oh, that's more connected. No, but it's Admas Kodesh. Admas Kodesh. You are destined to be connected to holiness in a way that no other person, no other Jew ever was or will be. And that's the Akedah of Moshe Rabbeinu. At the burning bush, God told Moshe, take off your shoes. Take off your shoes. Cast off any private matters, your human personal needs. Because your place in the history of Israel is filled with sanctity and purity. It's prohibited for you to involve yourself in a private family life. Again, before he gave the Torah, fine. He was family. But once he gave the Torah, that was it. 
That was it. And Moshe Rabbeinu had to sacrifice for the good of Klai Yisrael. Again, this does not apply to anyone else in history. Nobody has the heter. And every gadol would tell you that. Nobody has the heter of foregoing their own children because I'm involved in Sarchei Tzibur. And that takes precedence over one's own children. There's a lot to balance in life. But we always have to remember that our children play a major role, a major role, and need to play a major role in our, in our family, in our quantity, and our, and our quality time. Okay. Moving right along. One more thought on the, uh, on the Parsha, and then maybe we'll have uh, one or two thoughts on, on Shavuos, as we've had already. Paragimel Pasigmem. So towards the end of the section of the countings by Shishi. Count every Bachar, male Bachar. That's a month old. Count them. As we know, we're going to have all of the, the Pidyon of the firstborns and the Leviim and the extra 270 plus and uh, how we work out who pays, who's Bachar. Great. But it's from Ibn Chodesh Vamala. We discussed a number of years ago. Uh, Ramosha Feinstein has a thought why everyone else is from age 20 and this is from age 30 days. But if you look in the Hagiona Shel Torah, Rafirah's, one of his Svarim, he talks about on this Pasuk, Pidyon Aben, as we know, Pidyon Aben goes from day 30. So he quotes, he starts off with a Machlokas, Rishon and Rashi and Tosis. Why is Pidyon Aben on day 30 or 31 after 30 complete days? So Rashi says, as many we showed him do, Suffolk Nafel. You're not sure. There's no Cheskas Chaim until 30 days. You don't know if the child is going to live or not. That's why you have to wait till 30 days. Now you know he's Chaim, he has a Cheskas Chai, and then you redeem him. Tosfus, though, he quotes from Bechol Rastaf Memtes, says, no. Even if you know for sure he has a Cheskas Chaim, what's called Kololo Chadashav, you know you still have to wait. As if there's an importance to the 30 days separate from the fact that he has a cheskas chai. Why 30 days? So Cesar Ben-Zion Fierer, Hagyon Torah, a number of creative thoughts in, uh, in tonight's shir. Efshel lahagid kach. He has two ideas. First, the first one. Efshel lahagid kach on the right side. Kedushas Bechor, as we know, Pidyon Ben goes back to Machas Bechoros. That fateful night Every because of That's why every firstborn is going to be kadosh to me. Right, Pidyon Aben is connected. But if you think about Yitzias Mitzrayim, everything from that month. Is exactly, as I just described it, related to the month. For the first time in the history of Am Yisrael, they have a calendar. And the calendar that they set up is the lunar month calendar. Hashem says there's going to be Rosh Chodesh, HaChodesh HaZalachem. Let me tell you what you're going to do on the 10th of that month. Let me tell you what you're going to do on the 14th of that month. Let me tell you what's going to happen on the night of the 15th of that month. Let me tell you what's going to be on the morning of the 15th of that month. Let me tell you what's going to be seven days later at Kriyas Yamsuf, towards the end of that holiday. Everything is dated specifically to the lunar month. Makas Bechoros reminds us of that time period. 
Vine asvira shachodesh alavana maskira lanu hatzolas bechoros yisrael mimachas bechorosu. We remember Makas Bakharos. And then he quotes all of the Psukim. All the Psukim. Talk about the month, the month, the month, the month. Makas Bakharos happened. Chatzos of this month and of this night. So Pidyon Aben, the mitzvah, is not only reminding us of Makas Bakharos, but really is meant to remind us and trigger in our heads a reminder of all of the events of that month. And that's why it's Dafka after a month passes. Dafka 30 days. Dafka, a lunar month. Raga Chashar, it's not even really 30 days. As we know, halachically, it's after 29 days, 12 hours, and Tashzach Halakim. But we wait till 31 just to be, just to be safe. That is all idea number one. Idea number one on the top left, Efshar Gam Lomar. Um, after the first shot that he just mentioned, there's another idea. There's another idea. Something that again is so obvious. But maybe we don't always think about it. Right, it's after a month. If we count time. So what do we have in time? We have, what do we count in time? Days, weeks, months, and years. So days. Okay, day. The baby is a day old. There's nothing that, there's no mitzvah to do. But then what do we have? There's a mitzvah we do at the end of a week. There's a mitzvah that we do at the end of a month. Those are natural, physical, related to the world phenomenon. It just so happens that there's a mitzvah to do at the end of the week. Brismila. There's a mitzvah to do at the end of the month. Pidjon Ben. Maybe there's a parallel between the two. Umikivan mitzvah's mila. Lakhala atzmata machsar hashvui. Once mila covers the week. So Pidyon Aben takes the next unit of time that we hold of. Right? There's no unit of two weeks. No, there's weeks and there's months. So what are these about? You have to teach your child to love Hashem with all of your heart. So first comes Brismila, which is Bechol Nafshecha. Right, to be Moser Nefesh, and then you have Pedro Naben, which is Bechal Ma'odecha, with all your money. So the first is your Nefesh, Bechal Nafshecha. Mila is Bechidus Bechal Nafshecha. You take Dam, Damu, and Nefesh. That's the Krisas Bris with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Pedro Naben, obviously only the firstborn, not everyone, but we give money, L'Shem Kiyom, Mitzvah Hashem. And then he says, maybe even it goes one step further. Because what is a weak symbolize, and what do we remember by Brismila? A week we know is Maisabracious. A week is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mastery as the creator of the world. Maybe that's Brismila, connecting us, reminding us of the week of creation. And he says, even according to the Midrashim, that Adam Arisha was created mahu, born Mahul. So when we give Brismila, we're going back to that first moment remembering creation. While Pidyon Aben, which remembers the month, which remembers all the events of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, that's not God as creator, that's God as Mashgiach. God as continuous involvement in the world. And that's what Pidyon Aben reminds us of the other hat that God wears, Kaviyachol. Not only as the Borei, but as the Mashgiach. And that's Brismila, and that's Pidyon Aben. Okay. And that's what he even says 
if let's say, let's say the baby was sick and the first day that he could get a bris milah is the day that he's supposed to have his pigeon on bed. What do you do first? So he says, It's not a halachic sefer, but that's what he, that's what he suggests. Okay. Let's now have two other thoughts related to Chagashvus. So first is a thought also we mentioned years ago, but again, it's something that we should uh, repeat, and then we'll have something that uh, I don't think we have mentioned. We started off with the Chalushia Rim, so I didn't want to just quote the Chalushia Rim about the low, low, low Tignov. We have to give him some more meat. So we have the Chalushia Rim quoted here in source number 11 in one of the Svarim of Avram Shor. So he quotes, the Svasemis quotes from his, from his uh, grandfather, the Chalushia Rim. We know... On Maimon Harsina, he, he deals with the, which a number of, uh, Svarim deal with, the halachic, the halachic mechanism of Maimon Harsina. How did it work exactly? So we know that Maimon Harsina is called the marriage, where we're, we're building up to the marriage, the day of our anniversary, between Akash Baruch and Amisha. But we really shouldn't call it an anniversary, because an anniversary means it happened already. And really, we should just call it the wedding. It's the wedding every year. It's the wedding. So, there's a wedding. What did HaKadosh Baruch Hu say to us at the wedding? Anochi Hashem alokecha, Asher Hosei Sicha Meyeres Bisrayim. I am Hashem, your God, that brought you out of Egypt. Asks the Chidush Yarim a halachic question. We know the Gemara tells us, by Kiddushin, if a man goes over to a woman, what does he have to say? Harayat mukudeshes li. You are sanctified to me. What if he says... Ani mekadesh lacha, mekadesh lach, doesn't work. Hareini ba'alaych, I am your husband, doesn't work. Anochi Hashem alokecha, asher osesicha meretz v'srayim, I am your God. Ask the Chlishirim how that work, if it's a Maisa Kedushin. If it's a marriage between a husband and a wife, that's the mashal given. And again, this is assuming that we have to have the same rules of the marriage between a Baruch Hu and Yisrael and a man and a woman. Obviously, this is getting towards the answer because that's going to be the message for us. But if it's a marriage, then if it doesn't work from a husband to a wife, how did it work from a Baruch Hu to Am Yisrael? That's the question. So he quotes, maybe it's based on an idea that the... That the uh, Gemara says in uh, in Kiddushin Daf uh, Daf Zayin, the Gemara talks about a halachic detail, but it reflects a larger truth about marriage. The Gemara says, "Hamakadish Chatsi Isha." The Gemara talks about if a man tries to marry half a woman. How do you marry half a woman? That's a good question. But if he goes over to a woman and says, "I want to marry half of you," the Gemara says he's married to the entire woman. Why? Pashta Kiddushin. Kedusha Bekula. The Kedusha spreads. Compared to being Makdish a carbon. Somebody wants to be Makdish half a carbon. Right? No, it doesn't work. Kedusha spreads. What do you see from that Gemara? Among other Gemaras. He only quotes one. We could quote seven. But what do you see from that? Kedushin really has an element of Kedusha to it. It's compared to Karbonos. Clearly we know Kedushin is a Kenyan is a legal transaction that's taking place. The woman becomes an Eishas Ish. Her status, she is Nichneses, Lurashus Baal. The Baal has monetary obligations and other obligations. It's a legal responsibility and obligation. But the Gemara clearly, by comparing it, says there's also a Kedusha element, which is not legal, formal, 
but it is more in terms of sanctity creating a connection, creating a status, more than just legally. Every marriage explains the Chedushi Arim, and again, a lot of Svarim explain this in Kedushin, but every marriage, he quotes the Tosis, which we don't have to go into, source number 12, every marriage has both of these elements. Top line. Diyesh B'Kedushin Bezin Yonim. Inyan Adom Alahektish, Sha'az Amrin Pashta. There's an idea that's connected to Hakdasha, to sanctification. Ve'inyan, She'en Adom Alahektish. For a Kenyan, there's a Kenyan element of the marriage. Two elements. Every Kedushin has a Maisa Kenyan and a Maisa Yichud Vehektish. Usually you can't separate the two. They go hand in hand. Right? You can, when during, when a person performs a Maisa Kedushin, then there's the Kenyan and the Kedushin. It happens at once. Suggest the Kedushi Arim, when we got married to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and when we get married to HaKadosh Baruch Hu every year, it's separated in two stages. First, on Chaga Pesach, we have the formal legal connection that binds us. Hashem, t- Hashem took us out of Egypt. We are indebted to Him. We became Avde Hashem. Halaluka Halalu Avde Hashem. We became Avde Hashem. That was the legal reality. But there wasn't Kedusha yet. The Kedusha's part of the marriage. That only came later on through the Torah, which the Medrash call compares to Aksuba. But the Kedusha happens later. We already were nicknames. We already were connected to Hashem from Pesach. There's just the Kedusha element that happens on Shavuos. Ulafiza Yesh Lomar says the Chlusha Rim on the left side. The Kedusha Klal Yisrael Hayan Eschalek Lebeis Chalakim Bebeis Manim Shonim. A person can't split it. He split it. And therefore, only by the Kenyan element does it have to be formulated by the husband as you are nichneset into my rishus. But... We said, how does it work? Hashem says, okay, Hashem alokecha. If the, re, if the relationship is already there legally, then there's a much more flexible. Hashem could say, the husband could say, it never, you never have the hechi timsi when it comes to a human being, because it always goes hand in hand, works together. But when it comes to Kaddish Baruch Hu, we were already nikneh legally, and now it's just the kiddushin, the kiddusha element of the, of the kiddushin. But that gives us an insight into what Shavuos is. We're already connected from Pesach. We already are Avdi Hashem, but the sanctity of the relationship, that's what's happening now. The unique bonds that we share metaphysically, not just obligations, but the metaphysical bond that connects Am Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? We weren't just Avadim. We were Avadim when we left Mitzrayim. But what do we by Shavuos? Kadosh. That's beyond. That's something much deeper. And that is what happened on Shruis, and that is what we and that is what we uh, we celebrate. Good. Okay, one final point related to Chaga Shavuis from the Shemanatov. The Shemanatov, uh Rabbi Dov Weinberger, he was Nifter about a week and a half ago. Those of you who uh, who know of him and about him, and uh, again Lazekh so I wanted to quote him this week, uh, before Chaga Shavuis, uh Li'ilui Nishmasa.
So he quotes in the second volume of his seven volumes on uh, Chumash, he quotes in the second volume, which is the one on Moadim, from the Megillus Rus. Beginning of the Megillah, we know, describes that there was a man from Beis Lechem that goes and he leaves Eretz Yisrael. There was a man from Yehuda that went, he and his wives and his two sons. The man's name was Elimelech and Naomi, etc. Wonders the Shemanatov. Why didn't it just say Elimelech, a man named Elimelech, left? Pasuk Aleph just leaves us hanging. There was a man from Beis Lechem Yehuda that lived in, in Eretz Yisrael, that went to stay off, and Pasig Beis, and by the way, their names were dot, dot, dot. It reminds us of something. There's another time in Tanakh where we are left in the dark for even more than a Pasig. And that, of course, is the beginning of Parsha Shmos. Beginning of Parsha Shmos. What does it say in, I think, in Parag Beis? And they had a child. And later on, we find out Amram, Yocheved, again, both anonymous. Both anonymous stories. The beginnings of Moshe Rabbeinu and the beginnings of Rus and eventually David HaMelech. So the Balaturim already puts this together. The Balaturim. Classically, he finds the two Pesachim and Tanakh that are similar. Source 13. The tour in the Balaturim says, This is in the Balaturim in Shmos. Vayelech ish. He says, Ve'ish, Be'ez B'Mesorah. There are two Pesachim like this. On that pasuk in Shmos, and the Idach, he quotes this pasuk in Rus. Lomar al Why does it say Vayelech in both cases? Through this halicha, Ba Hagoel Harishon, the first Goel, Moshe Rabbeinu, Vayidei Osa Halicha Yavo Hagoel Ha'acharon, and the Goel Ha'acharon is also. Shu Mashiach ben David, Sheyavo, Bimhera, Viamenu, wrote the tour 700 years ago. But again, the tour already pointed out the Geulos. The Geulah of Mitzrayim is Vayelechesh Bebeis Levi, Vigachas Bas Levi. And we, here we have the Geulah of leading up to David Amelech, symbol of Geulah. We have that. That already is Dayenu, to point out those two and to say that. But let's go a little further. What's the message? So why is it anonymous? What's the message of both Gula start off with an anonymous person? So one, one suggestion could be, and then we'll get to his, one suggestion could be because that's what Gula is. Gula always starts off hidden and dark, in a dark way. And then Gula comes. Gula starts off in the dark. Because there's Gullus first and there's darkness first. Out of the darkness comes the redemption. Out of anonymity, comes Moshe and David. That's what Geula is. Out of the ashes of so many tragedies in Jewish history comes the Geula afterwards. Right? The Chorban Beis HaMikdash led to the times of the Mishnah in Eretz Yisrael. And then getting thrown at times of the Gemara. And then we have the all the difficulties. The Crusades led to the greatest time period in Jewish history, the Rishonim. Right, the, the, the Rashi and the Baliatosvis. And even in our generation, as we know, you know, Rahman al Islani after the the uh the horrific tragedies of this century, right? Seventy years ago. And out of that springs Am Yisrael coming back to Eretz Yisrael, to Medina Yisrael, more people learning Torah today, ever in the history of the world. 
This is how um, this is how history works, and that's why there's a, it's anonymous. It's darkness before you have Geula. But he has another idea as well, or instead, says the Shemanatov. Vayelech Hezbebeis Levi, both Geulos came anonymously. Why? Because you can have any parents and they could give birth to the Goel of Yisrael. You don't have to be the Godel Adar to have a Godel Adar. Anybody. You could be an anonymous person and you could have a Moshe Rabbeinu. V'nir Alomar, d'davka nechta v'lashon vayelech ish. Yes, Amram was the Godel Adar. Right, the Gemara says in, in Sota, the God Adar, and he divorced his wife, everybody else followed. But, Nobody knows who he is. And says the Shem and and this obligates every one of us. Every simple Jew, and we're all simple Jews, right? Every simple Jew. Who knows that if, if our child is not going to be Mashiach? Who knows? Right? All we know is that it could be. Right? Right, the way that we look at our children, the way that we look at every student that every Rebbe has, there's so much potential there. It doesn't matter how great I am. I could be a simple Jew, but this person in front of me, I could just be an anonymous Ishmi based Levi, maybe Lechem Yehuda. That's the message. As we come to Chag Hashvuis, we have to recognize that this is this is what we celebrate. This is what we uh, focus on. And as we said, Eish, Mayim, and uh, Midbar, all the messages we start off with, we should be Zochet to a true Kabbalah Satora, a true Chag of Kedusha. As we mentioned, not just the Kenyan, but the Kedushin of the Kedushin. We should be Zochet to all of the Brachos that are Ksuvos in the, in the Torah and be Zochet to a true Kabbalah Satora. Okay, we'll stop here.